At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas. Let's go see with myself, Greg Spears, and now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And we've got a great podcast for you. As in the second segment, we're going to be joined by Andy Dekoff. We wind up seeing a pair of guards wind up going to the Big Ten, a pair of relatively solid ones from the transfer portal. We're going to be getting his thoughts there. Something that's awesome about what He Checks EBB is doing this offseason is that they've sort of got scores for players that are going to be most impactful via the transfer portal. Most of these revolve around past year's stats, and some of these revolve around monikers as well. So we're going to have Andy talk about that scoring system, how he winds up coming about with regards to those numbers. We're going to be taking a look at some of the top transfers that are currently on the market, some of the ones that he feels has went a little bit under the radar as well. Have had a lot of transfer portal talk because, well, it is right now the biggest thing that's going on right now. Over 1,600 players now in the transfer portal, and Really can't wind up taking a look at these teams. Can't take a look at being able to project out these conferences until we wind up knowing where these guys are going. Andy is one of the best in the business at being able to take a look at all this. So he's going to be joining me in the second segment. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys a little bit of a roundup as to everything that we wind up seeing in college basketball on Friday. Lots of movement, including one player that was looking for an NIL deal. And looks like he's going to be going back to that school. And it's out there in the ACC. So we're going to be giving you guys that in the final segment. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be for those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gunit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters here. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Via that five star review, did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but we literally saw the biggest name in regards to college basketball go into the portal figuratively, and literally the biggest player in college basketball going. So we're going to have that in the final segment. And in the second segment, saw a lot of big-time players, not quite seven foot five big, but big players wind up landing at schools. And we've been seeing each XCBB do a great job of keeping up with all these transfers, rating them out. So we're going to be chatting with Andy about that next right here on Coast to Coast Seeps with myself, Greg Eves and now a part of the VC Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay. 
I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid back appeal and down home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility Dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. And we're back in the movie Las Vegas. For Guts and Guts with myself, Greg Eats, and now a part of the VEASAN family of podcasts and 
It is great to be joined by our guest as Andy Dekoff is doing absolutely terrific work over there with a wide variety of places. He does work out there in the state of Oregon for the Madras Pioneer along with the Portland Tribune. And then when it comes to college basketball scene, he checks CBB. It's absolutely tremendous work that he is doing over there. He and so many others, Eli Bedker, Brian Roth, Connor Hope, list goes on and on. All these guys, they do amazing work over there. And Andy, he is doing a lot with regards to being able to track the transfer portal for He Checks CBB. And to be able to follow him on Twitter, you're able to do so. And his name, Andrew Dekoff, last name is spelled D-I-E-C-K-H-O-F-F, all together. And Andy, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me back, Craig. It is great to have you aboard. And when it comes to the transfer portal rankings that you do with each XCB, what all goes into the scoring of it? Because I noticed that when it comes to just overall rankings, right now Malachi Smith is the gentleman that you wind up having number one. And then you got players that some of them are ranked like in the 60s, some of them in the 70s, 50s, list goes on and on. How do you wind up going about these rankings? Yeah, so this is something that came about in the offseason. Took a couple of weeks to look at some of the numbers that we already had internally, which were our Gold Star Guide, which is kind of a fantasy scoring-based system of rating players. You know, it's not perfect. None of them are, though. You know, it's another tool that people can use to kind of sort players through. That's kind of a holistic thing. You know, it's for guys who score a lot of points, they're obviously going to get some fantasy points there, or, you know, as we would call them, Gold Star Points. For other contributions, uh, such as shooting well, so, you know, missed shots count against this, but assists, blocks, free throws, rebounds, all of those things factor in a little bit and you get some extra points for that too. So it does take a little bit more of a holistic look at players. Then we also have something else that's been kind of fun that we've done for the site, which is the, uh, the Arthurs, which is kind of these arbitrary threshold uh, rankings that we do for different roles on the floor. So some of them are like the, the main attraction. We use statistics to kind of define these roles a little bit. So the main attraction role, for instance, is a guy who would have a high usage percentage, a high offensive rating, a high effective field goal rate. And that would kind of show you that this is a guy who can handle getting the ball a lot and being the focal point of an offense while still maintaining efficiency. We've got 12 of these different roles as well. And as we kind of look at players who meet some of these thresholds, we can then give them a score based on their statistics in each of the categories. And there's 12 of them. I won't go through all of them right now, but a few of the different ones, you know, there's floor general for point guards. There's the brick wall for interior rim defenders. So we've got kind of a look at those. And so we, we took all of the players from this past season. Thanks, by the way, to Bart Torvik and to Verbal Commits, those two websites for being such great repositories for this information. Their information helped a lot in being able to build these things out. But basically what we look at is a player's holistic score. And then if they can score well in any of these roles, these Arthur roles, they get some extra points for that. We put that together into, you know, some points that grade out to about 100 is where it caps out. I think Keegan Murray was the top player at about 98 points. I felt like, you know, that that's fair. He was a fantastic player. And I think a fantasy league would have seen him as the most valuable player. So that I felt was good for our system. And so from there, now we can see, you know, who are the available transfers? Where do they rank on this, you know, this scale? So yeah, like you said, Malachi Smith would be the top guy here. Uh, he's, I believe, got the top amount of Arthur points. Oh no, actually, sorry. Grant Sherfield 
barely tops him out there. So you can sort these different things on our site and then you can see what role is it that he's playing. So where Malachi Smith gets some points in our main attraction and our surgeon roles, meaning he also shoots well from a lot of different areas on the floor. Grant Sherfield is a main attraction and floor general, which means he's going to be careful with the ball and he's going to facilitate a lot of offense with a high assist rate and a low turnover rate. These are just sort of some of the things that we've got going and ways that you can kind of sort through and look at different players that are available and different types of players that are available. Absolutely. Because as we know, you can take a look at everything that you're seeing with regards to these guys. Some of these guys, they wind up putting up small numbers at their previous school. Some of these guys, they wind up putting up big numbers at their respective school. And obviously it's all about fit when it comes down to it, as we do have Andy Dika joining me on the podcast. And when I take a look at the list, you've got a lot of guys that they did wind pairing it up this last season. Guys like G&I Broom, KJ Williams, you're able to throw in there, Kenny Lofton. These guys are all in the top 10. What do you make out of some of these guys, though, that they were fairly highly touted recruits? Someone like a Bryce Hopkins, who wound up just coming off the board a few days ago to Providence, was a former top 50 guy, wanted being at Kentucky, just wanted contributing nothing whatsoever. Because I feel like these are sometimes slightly tougher guys to gauge. Because sometimes you saw it with Walker Kessler last year. He was buried on that North Carolina bench as a freshman, goes to Auburn after being very highly touted, and he winds up being able to take off. Clearly, it was a case of good fit. Meanwhile, there are other guys that it's wind up being, we're going to call it what it is, big giant bus. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I would never advocate for using just one spreadsheet or, you know, one table to, to make these kinds of decisions. I think that's where the eye test and the scouting and what other people specialize in, I think that's where that comes in to kind of see some of those guys. I don't think it's hard to say, you know, oh, this guy scored 20 points. He's probably going to be pretty good. You know, and that's how an Antonio Reeves ends up at Kentucky. And, you know, I don't think anybody bats an eye at that. Everyone says, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Trying to find a few more diamonds in the rough, I, a little bit, I guess. I think that's where some of these advanced analytics can come in and help a lot. But you're right. They do prefer players who put up a lot of statistics, which means they, they were in places where they had good fits. Those guys who had bad fits that you're mentioning or who just didn't perform in a certain place for whatever reason, they are hiding in this table and they're all over the place and there's going to be stars all over you know made very little impact or almost a negative impact in some places and that's why i think taking a broad approach to kind of all the different information and resources that are out there is a good way to evaluate players you know don't just say oh well he had low statistics so obviously he'll be bad because yeah situations change a lot i mean you look at a guy like jamal kane who just went crazy at oakland last year after, you know, coming from Marquette, and I'm not sure people quite expected him to be a top 10 player in the country, maybe, you know, statistically speaking. And those are the kinds of things that can happen. And it can go the other way too, where a guy comes from one bad fit, moves to another high major, like you said, with Walker Kessler, and, you know, destroys at the new spot. I agree with you. I think fit is huge here. And I think that there's a lot of things that the numbers can't account for that's, you know, worth watching. Absolutely. What else is worth watching is some of these guys that want to coming off the board on Friday as well as we do have Andy Decaf joining me on the podcast as a terrific job over there at eCheck CBB and the Big Ten. I've been commenting on how they haven't done a lot here in the transfer portal this offseason. And I think it's still fair to say that they haven't necessarily done a ton here in the portal, but you did why I'm seeing two big moves. Jalen Llewellyn, he's going to be going to Michigan. And then TJ Shannon is going to be going to Illinois. We saw the big brouhaha on social yeah. media 
between Hunter Dickinson and Mark Adams, which I had a good giant chuckle about that. Hopefully we can wind up getting like some multi-team event where Michigan and Texas wind up squaring off in a final or something like that. I would pay good money to be able to watch that game. But I do take a look at both of these guards that wound up going to the Big Ten on Friday. Both are going to make impacts. I think it's going to be interesting to see what winds up happening with Jalen Llewellyn, though, because you saw Michigan a couple years ago utilize Mike Smith, who wanted coming over from Columbia, was a primary scorer there, and was an okay facilitator, had to do a little bit of everything over there at Columbia. Obviously, Jalen Llewellyn wasn't as much of a facilitator at Princeton, but I think if they try to utilize him in that sort of a similar role, it could work out very well for them. Yeah, I like the move. Getting high quality players, it's always a bit of a crapshoot, you know, in the transfer portal. Like you said, coming over from the Ivy League, you know, how does everything translate? We'll see. But I like the Llewellyn pick. They had their eye on TJ Shannon, perhaps, but perhaps, or maybe Hunter Dickinson is just a very interested observer and Jace Howard because he got in on it too. I'm excited to see what happens with Michigan this next year. Um, I think that they do have to kind of make it work. Hunter Dickinson coming back for a third year, the the expectations are going to be pretty high, I think, on him in particular. But the whole team too, I'm fine with, you know, with them taking Llewellyn. We'll say I'm not as familiar with his game perhaps as others might be. So I'll be watching with with a very interested eye to see how that does all fit for them. I don't have any problem with it on the surface. Oh yeah. And then when it comes to TJ Shannon going over there to Illinois, I think that this is a very good fit because Illinois, they're going to have to remake themselves a little bit. Kofi Coburn is now gone. You wind up losing Andre Carbello, which I think that everyone would tell you, and yeah, even Illinois fans, it was not a good fit there. That was very, very apparent. Now you wind up bringing in TJ Shannon. You're going to be losing a few pieces from that backcourt last year, like Trent Frazier, who was a little bit of a heart and soul piece for that team. I don't necessarily know how everything is going to be coming together for Illinois, but that's a very good first step, being able to get a guy in Terrence Shannon who legitimately we were thinking that he might stay in the draft last year. And obviously we saw how Texas Tech did this last year. It was fortuitous that he came back to Texas Tech while they had the rest of their transfers and their new coaching kind of all working out at the same time. That was a really a nice situation. I think Shannon upped his stock in terms of a guy who can kind of take over and be Number one, you know, Texas Tech is a defense first program. Illinois has not necessarily been that. It's going to be interesting to see how Shannon does in that sort of environment. But I think this past year did show that, you know, he can take on some of that extra role and he might have to do it. We'll see. They do have Sky Clark coming in as well. RJ Melendez and Coleman Hawkins. These are other other guys that, you know, I think are great pieces for this team. But yeah, Shannon will have to probably be the guy, I think he can do it, but it's a new situation and those always have question marks. Oh yes, we will certainly see on that as we do have Andy Dekoff of each XCBB joining me on the podcast and we'll see the pickup that Texas Tech wound up having as well as Fadas Amick. I think everyone wound up having as a top 10 transfer on the board in this offseason. He decides to go to Texas Tech guy that wound up stretching out his range to be able to shoot threes this last season block and a half per contest. 13 and a half rebounds, 19 points per game. Now, obviously, he's not going to average 19 points, 13 and a half rebounds at you, 43 and a half percent from three in the Big 12. But we've seen this Texas Tech team do it in the past. And heck, they just recently did it with Kevin O'Banner. Obviously, didn't put up the same numbers as he did at Oral Roberts, but was a solid starter 
a team that wanted being able to make the second week of the NCAA tournament. And Texas Tech has such a good track record, whether it is Chris Beard or Mark Adams, of getting these transfers of fire on all cylinders, especially when it matters most. And I think that Amick is going to fit right into that mold as well. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that was a huge pickup. Um, and getting Devion Harmon, you know, I think is a fine pickup. I don't know that that's, you know, an all... Pretty much TJ Shannon's replacement. Well, yeah, he's going to slide into there, and I think he'll be very capable there. I think after this last season at Oregon, my stock on, you know, Harmon's a little bit lower than it was, but I think Harmon and Amat coming together at Texas Tech in particular, um, I think that's going to be a pretty awesome fit to what they've already got going. Don't forget to, uh, you know, you mentioned... Kevin O'Banner, Bryson Williams, another transfer who had a massive season there. So I think that AMAC can kind of fit into that mold a little bit here too. Good for him. I love it. I think that that is a really nice move for AMAC and I'm excited to see what he can do on this stage. I think that Texas Tech is going to be good again. They've did not really miss a beat, and I think they really a little bit last year. I mean, that's kind of strange to say, talking about a team that had a Final Four just a little bit ago under a different coach. I think that they got a little swept up maybe in in the Chris Beard celebrity moment. Maybe it'll happen again with Mark Adams, I guess. I don't see him kind of as being the superstar coach as much as just the, the long-term guy. But I think that being able to be so good so quickly under... Adams, I think that really changes the trajectory on what, you know, the outside public anyway thought might happen to this Texas Tech program after Beard left. Not only are they just fine, but they might even have a better trajectory than they did before rather than maybe even just being a flash in the pan under Beard. Yeah, I think that Texas Tech in for another good year. They do wind up losing TJ Shannon, but they bring back a lot of pieces from last year, including Mr. O'Banner. So I think that they're going to be in solid shape there, as we do have Andy Dekoff joining me on the podcast. And Andy, as we've been seeing these guys come off the board in recent weeks, is there a transfer too that you take a look at and maybe it hasn't necessarily gotten the love and respect that it deserves and you think that it's going to be making a big-time impact for this upcoming season? I think that the Norchad Omir transfer to Miami is really big. I mean, I know the Nigel Pack one is going to get a lot of, you know, play. And then the Isaiah Wong situation is going to get a lot of discussion. He's been so good. I mean, he's AMAC adjacent in terms of putting up huge numbers at the mid-major level. Um, so I think that because it happened after the pack deal, which was announced by Ruiz, you know, John Ruiz on Twitter, and that got all the attention. I think that second transfer sort of slides under the radar a little bit. And you haven't heard quite as much hubbub about it, but I think that was really big. So I think, you know, if Miami is going to be as good as people think next year, I think he is going to be the big reason why, maybe even more so than Pack or Wong. Other than that, gosh, there's just been so much going on that it's, it's hard to really put a finger on everything. Bryant has had kind of a, a very fun <laughs> trip in the transfer portal. I don't know how much talk that gets, I guess, nationally. But, you know, they've picked up guys from Memphis, LaSalle, Rhode Island, Doug Edert from St. Peter's, of course. They've had a very, very busy time in the portal. They're getting some really talented guys out of it, too. So that's cool. Also, the reuniting of Desmond Cambridge and Devin Cambridge at Arizona State, I think is very cool. Warren Washington going along with them. But I think getting brothers to come together and play together. I think there was another one too. The Brewers are going to UAB. Ladarius 
Brewer and gosh, Ty Brewer, Ty Brewer. Thank you. I was, had Tevin Brewer on the mind and it's a different guy at a different school who also transferred. So, you know, it makes it even more confusing. And there are what 1500 guys or whatever in, in this whole thing. 1600. So, oh, well, what do you know? Yeah. Another day passed. So look, I'm not going to sit in here and say that it's, undeniably good for the sport. I'm not ready to say that it's a death knell either. So I am watching this this last year or two play out with everything in the transfer portal and now all these new NIL slash pay-for-play deals going on. It's a very, very interesting moment in the sport. I'm watching it with just interest at this point. I think others are watching it with panic, but to each their own. Well, Mark Emmert leaving the sport relatively soon. That should be like, if you're over there, you need a little bit of a ventilator. That should be able to help it out quite a bit. That should be a very, very strong one because that certainly is not going to be doing any harm. And well, let me tell you, if everyone in the sport was much like you, Andy, there would be no issues whatsoever because you do amazing work over there at HXCBB. You do a great job covering so many things out there in the great state of Oregon as well. So let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and just everything that you've got going on in general. If you're listening to this for college basketball stuff, then come find me at heatcheckcbb.com, doing a lot of different things over there. And all of us are, in addition to the guys that you mentioned at the start of this, you know, Lucas Harkins and Riley Davis also doing amazing work for us. You can find me on Twitter personally at Andrew Dekoff, D-I-E-C-K-H-O-F-F. And you can also find that find some of my work at the Portland Tribune and the Madras Pioneer. I don't know how many people here are interested in Central Oregonian high school sports. So I would say if you're looking for college basketball stuff from me, Heat Check CBB is the place to go. Absolutely. And Andy doing an absolutely terrific job over there at Heat Check CBB, doing a great job tracking everything that we're getting out there in the transfer portal and always brings the goods when he's on this podcast. So big thanks, Andy, for joining me right here on Coast to Coast Soups. Now part of the Beeson Family Podcast and coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you a little bit of a roundup as to all the news and notes that we saw in college basketball on Friday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney Collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility Dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. And we're back here lovely Las Vegas for Guts to Guts Hoops with myself, Greg Eves Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to get our good friend Andy Dekoff on. He does a great job over there with the Madras Pioneer along with the Portland Tribune. He's out there in the great state of Oregon holding it down and does terrific work over there with Heat Check CBB as well. So big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast that give you a little bit of a roundup as to everything that we wound up seeing in college basketball on Friday. Wound up seeing quite a few guys that they just didn't wind up seeing a lot of minutes at their respective schools decide to wind up jumping ship. And some of these guys were relatively highly touted, like Jalen Bartley. I'm pretty sure he was walk on at Syracuse 24-7 sports really didn't have him worried He decided that he was going to be entering in the transfer portal. Kylan Owens, who wound up doing nothing at Tarleton State, he's out, but Elijah Taylor, who just wound up seeing limited minutes at Notre Dame, number 223 recruit in the class of 2020. He's now out there. Someone who had six foot eight is able to pop a couple threes, able to do a solid job 
I'm glad it's going to be interesting to see where he winds up going along with Elijah Kennedy. Kennedy was at Florida this last season, number 164 with regards to the glass of 2021. As we know, Florida has brought in a lot of different guys, so it does cause for a little bit of mixing and shaking with Kennedy. He only wound up putting up right around 1.3 points per contest, just was not necessarily a fit at Florida to begin with, so he decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal, and someone that was very highly touted coming out of high school, that'd be Brian Antoine. He decided that he is going to be leaving Villanova, and I thought that he could be a big-time X-factor for them because Villanova typically does not wind up going after a lot of these top 50 guys or anything like that. He, according to 24-7 Sports, in 2019, number 17. Most other places had him right around like the 20-ish range, so this guy just could not wind up getting out there on the court. Injuries had a lot to do with this. Only wound up putting up a point and a half per contest. Just really didn't fit that Villanova mold, so... Got to feel like someone who winds up going out there and wants them on their team, they're going to be very much beneficiaries of someone with a lot of talent. Question is, is he going to be able to stay healthy and is he going to be able to stay out there on the floor? Because this is a man that I feel like has a lot of potential. Josh Minute, he wound up entering into the transfer portal as well. And he's someone that I really like for Memphis. Number 44 recruit in the class of 2021. And when he wound up getting minutes, he was very solid for Memphis. For a minute, right around six and a half points, four rebounds per contest. It was just a case in which his usage was all over the place. He wound up having more usage when Imani Bates wound up going out of the fold. And you take a look at the run that he wound up having from January 1st to, we're going to call it, February 5th. He wound up having a very nice month of nine games in which he put up 11.5 points, seven rebounds, steal and a half, block per contest. Not a guy that was stretching the floor and shooting threes at six foot eight, but certainly a guy that could do a solid job on defense, someone that could wind up getting to the rim. So I'm going to be very intrigued to see what winds up happening there because this guy has a lot of talent. Whoever's able to unearth it and whoever is able to have him online, I think that they're going to be very happy with them. You wind up having Jace. Bytowski, who is playing at Nebraska this last season and really didn't mind up playing at all, wound up putting up a half a point per contest. He decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal. Someone who wound up redshirting and just has been a relatively well-traveled gentleman in general. And he didn't mind up seeing quite a bit happen with Georgetown on Friday as well. Chuma Azunji, he decided that he was going to be entering in the transfer portal last two seasons. Just someone that was unable to stay out there on the floor. And you take a look at what was expected of him coming out of high school 24-7 sports. They had him rated relatively lowly, so if he does wind up going down to a little bit of a lower level, I think that he could have some success. Six foot three gentleman that comes out of the state of California just was unable to find it out there in the Big East, and he's going to be replaced pretty much by Primo Spears. Spears this last season, he was playing for Duquesne, and as a freshman, 12.5 points, 3 assists per game. Now, someone had to put up numbers at Duquesne. He only wound up shooting 30% from 3 point range, but was a little bit of a plus defender, 1.3 seals per contest. Someone who at the beginning of the year was starting right from the get-go and wound up having some absolutely massive games towards the back half of the season. I know that it's a small sample size, but final three games, he put up 29.7 points per game, going out for 30, 34, and 25, all while committing a combined five turnovers in those contests while being a primary ball handler. So this is a guy that's able to go off have some very big numbers. So that is going to be very nice for the Hoyas. They'll certainly take that trade with Washington State. You did wind up seeing a pair of gentlemen enter into the transfer portal as Tyrell Ghost Roberts, 
decide that he is going to be entering into the portal, and then you wind up seeing Tony Miller as well enter into the portal. Now, with Tony Miller, he did not wind up playing at all this last season. Did wind up playing quite a bit during the 2019-20 season and showed that he's got a little bit of ability. 7.5 points, 3.5 rebounds. Someone who tried to pop a couple threes didn't wind up having necessarily a lot of success with that regard, but wound up seeing a couple starts and some quality minutes during that 2019-20 season. So, gotta figure that there's gonna be someone that wants him and let me tell you, there will be no shortage of teams looking at Tyrell Ghost Roberts. He was a D2 All-American when he was at UC San Diego, and in his one season in the Pac-12, was a starter for Washington State, 11.5 points per game. Now, he needs to do a little bit more with facilitation. At 5'11", he's a primary shooter, so he is a little bit undersized with that regard. Only wound up having about two assists per contest. Was one of the most automatic free throw shooters that you were going to find in all of college basketball. Shot about 34-35% from three, but... Well over 94% at the free fly line. Just take a look at it. He wound up having some really rough games out there in December. So you take a look at it from December 22nd on. So the final 25 games, he had more like 12.5 points per game on 36%. Three-point shooting after a little bit of a rough go of it to begin the season. So I do think that there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be interested in his services. Got to feel like there's going to be some interest in Devin Baker as well. He wound up getting his career at UNC Asheville. Played this last season at Tulane. At Tulane was a little bit more of a 6th-7th man while he was over there at Asheville every Average 16 points per game in his three seasons on campus. From three-point range, shot right around 33.5% from distance at Tulane. Only shot 24.5% this last year after his final season. For UNC Asheville, he wound up putting up a 45% three-point shooting campaign this year. Six points per contest. Someone who does a relatively solid job of being able to space the floor. Someone who is able to give you a little bit of facilitation as well. Showed that in his freshman year when he wound up having three assists per game and 1.5 steals per contest in all three seasons out there in the Big South. Clearly, Tulane probably a little bit too high of a level for him, but at the same time, certainly someone that is capable of being someone that could be of an impact in, say, Conference USA, for example. So, got to feel like there's going to be a market out there for him. Dominique Alexander, he has decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal. He, this last season, was playing at Chicago State, and as we know, Chicago State, one of the lesser schools out there in all of college basketball, but Alexander was able to put up some okay numbers. 7.5 points, 3.5 rebounds, 2.8 assists per contest, and to the credit of Chicago State, played a little bit better this year than in the past. Shot 86% at the free throw line. I don't think that he's going to be going to a Power 5 school or starting anything like that, but he can be a little bit of a role player at a little bit of a higher level. So, he did wind up proving that he is a relatively solid player there. Pete Nance, he wound up entering into the NBA draft, and now he's keeping all options open. Sounds like he could wind up going back to North Western, he could wind up staying in the NBA draft, or he could wind up transferring out as well as he decided that he was going to be entering into the transfer portal. Guy that at a bigger school would have really gotten recognized. Wound up having 14.5 points, 6.5 rebounds, 2.7 assists, 1.1 blocks, while shooting 45% from three as a six foot ten stretch player. That's absolutely ridiculous right there. Problem was, Northwestern did not really have a great backcourt around him. Northwestern was really bad on defense as well, so this is a gentleman that is said uh, that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal, and we shall see what happens there. Trey Brown just did not wind up doing a whole lot of flight at Drexel this season. He decided that he was going to be entering in the transfer portal, and little known fact, 
Over 65% of guys in the transfer portal have three points per game or fewer last season. So, you got a lot of that going on. And with Mr. Brown, he wound up giving the team right around two and a half points per contest this last season. You did wind up seeing Devin Dunn decide to get her done. He was playing at Fairly Dickinson this last season. Now he's going to be going to Campbell, and he's going to become a fighting Campbell. He was a NEC All-Freshman performer during the 2019-20 season. Took a little bit of a stride forward this year. I thought it would be a little bit more freshman year, 7.5 points per contest on 42% three-point shooting, and to become a little bit more of a volume scorer this year, because fairly Dickinson, I'm going to call it what it is. They just flat out stunk on ice, but it said shot more like 31% from three. He did wind up putting up 10 points per game. His assists per game went up to two because there was nobody else that really handled the ball at Campbell. It it is a situation where typically you wind up having some very good ball movement. you got a lot of guys that they know their role and they're going to be able to take the pressure off of them a little bit. This should be a very good fit from. I can see him being able to put up his eight, nine points per game, be a solid defender, and really be able to help out that school. This is going to be out to Michigan as Jalen Llewellyn has decided that he is going to be heading there after he initially decided to go to Clemson. Someone who I think might have a little bit of difficulty out there in the Big Ten though. Last year at Princeton, Solid performer, 15.5 points, 4 rebounds, did shoot 38.5% from 3, but first two years on campus for Princeton. Now, keep in mind, there was a year off due to COVID-19, but first two years on campus, did shoot just 28.5% from 3 per range, was actually a little bit more of a facilitator at 2.4 assists per game, and we've already seen this program in Mike Smith take a guy that was a primary scorer out there in the Ivy League, have him facilitate offense, reduce his scoring, and he did a very good job in that role as Michigan very nearly made the Final Four that season. I could see something similar for Jalen Llewellyn if he's looking to go out there and is just looking to be a three-point bomber or anything like that. I don't think that that's necessarily going to be going his way, but if he's someone that he could sort of take on that Mike Smith role, I do like that for him. With UW-Milwaukee, we've seen a lot of guys transfer in recent days, and you wind up seeing a pair wind up doing so on Friday as well. So you've got two other guys. Nick Pappas, now, he wound up putting up half a rebound per game. Didn't really see a lot of playing time. This is a big, giant nothing burger, but Jonathan Newby is really the bigger guy that wound up transferring out of the program. He was the only guy on the roster that wound up playing 32-plus games for this team. Shot from three-point range, 39.5% from three. I don't think anyone else that wound up taking more than three threes per game wound up shooting anything better than 32%. Shot 90% the free throw line, 8.5 points, 2.3 assists per contest. Now, Donovan Newby, Probably needs to work on being able to give you a couple more rebounds. Very raw player as a freshman. Wound up only giving you right around two boards per game, but did wind up doling out two and a half assists per game as well. I do think that there's going to be quite a few teams that are going to be knocking at his door. And for Milwaukee, it is clearly just a hot mess for that program as they wind up having a can bat ball win after he and his son just could wind up doing absolutely nothing whatsoever. For the Horizon League, by the way, you also wound up seeing Mohamed Siala decide that he was going to be entering in the transfer portal. He was playing at Detroit last season, and while I was at Detroit, he wound up not necessarily being able to contribute a lot, one and a half points per contest, and also out there when it comes to the Horizon League, someone from good old Iwi Piwi and Chucks Istuka. He has decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal, and that's of significance because he's one of the few guys that wound up actually being able to play games for the team last year. He wound up playing 29 games. The only guy on the roster that played in every single game didn't put up a lot of production. Four and a half points, right around four and a half boards per game. Not a guy that was going to shoot any threes whatsoever, but on a team in which it was just a mass exodus chaos, everyone wound up getting hurt at six foot eleven. He was able to be the mainstay for the team. 
he has decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal line. To the credit of IUPUI, they shouldn't be running low on men this season because you wind up just seeing like literally everyone on the team wind up getting injured. It was just both hilarious and sad at the same time. And IUPUI is adding Bryce Monroe in the transfer portal as well. So, hey, they do wind up being able to replace him with another warm and healthy body. So, that's good for them. And this is good for Seton Hall as Ray Davis is going to be heading over there after last season he was at Louisville. Now, for Davis, very highly taught a guy coming out of high school. Many people had him rated as about a top 125 recruit. I did wind up starting 40 games in two seasons for Louisville. Average 7.5 points per contest. Shot about 75% the free line. Three-point shooting. That's a little bit of work in progress. At 6-5 shot, just 23% from three-point range. Relatively okay rebounder, but didn't necessarily do a ton of it. You've got a lot of raw talent when it comes to him, but he does need to hone it in a little bit more. He's going to be playing for Shaheem Holloway, and Holloway is going to have this guy playing defense. I was expected to be the lifeblood of Louisville this year, but everything wound up going to mush for them, so got to figure that things are going to be a little bit different for this upcoming season, and with him coming in, you did wind up seeing a departure as well. Jahari Long, who just could not wind up getting out there on the floor in general for Seton Hall, wound up saying two years at the program. Six foot five, a little bit of a combo player, wound up averaging one point per contest. He decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal after 247 Sports wound up rating him as the number 255 prospect in 2020. So, got to figure that there's going to be quite a few schools that are going to be interested in him. It's a coming home for Emmett Matthews Jr. Emmett Matthews Jr. wound up beginning his career at West Virginia for three seasons. Went over to Washington last season. He is heading back to West Virginia. In his last year at West Virginia, the 2020-21 season, put up 7.7 points, four rebounds per game, shot about 30% from three, and had a bigger role at Washington with nearly 11.5 points, 4.5 rebounds per game. Did shoot 33.5% for three as a six foot seven, a little bit of a combo player, but got to figure that West Virginia now going to give him a little bit more playing time as it is a team that's in a little bit of transition, looking to be a little bit more competitive out there in the Big 12. So he decided that he is going to be heading back to the Mountaineers, and we do see that actually quite a bit with regards to the transfer portal. And we see quite a bit of this as well. Guys that were just absolutely tearing it up at a little bit of a lower level going up, and we're seeing that with Texas Tech. Faraz Amick. He has decided that he is going to be adding to Texas Tech. So another big ad for them. They wound up having Davion Harmon commit a few days ago. And now you wind up getting Amick. 6'11", 245-pound big man that really stretched out his game this season. Wound up taking out 3.5 per game this season. Shot 43.5% from beyond the arc. 72.5% at the free throw line. 18.9 points. 13.6 rebounds. He wound up chipping in there 1.3 blocks per contest. This guy's an absolute dominator, and I feel like what Texas Tech was really lacking last season is that guy that was just able to be a complete and utter eraser on the rim. Well, congratulations. You've now got that. This guy is one of the most versatile players in all of college basketball. Texas Tech, they always hang their head on guys that are able to do a wide variety of things, and he's clearly able to do that. So, massive gift for them. Marcellius Erlington, this is big for the transfer portal. He's now out there, wound up spending three seasons at St. John's, and while he was at St. John's, he was actually able to be a relatively solid player in his last two seasons. Out there in the Big East from the 2019-20 to the 2020-21 season. Eight points, four and a half rebounds, shot 35.5% from three. And this season, while I was at San Diego, 13 points, six half boards. Steve Lavin has now taken over the program, and I guess he could not wind up re-recruiting him. Shot 34% from three. Well, with the Torero, six foot six, a little bit of a combo player. He's out there for the taking, and you've got to think that there's going to be quite a few teams that are going to be interested in it. 
his services. I don't know if there's going to be as many teams that are as interested in Isaiah Minter, someone who in the last two seasons at Eastern Kentucky on averaging less than a point per contest, so he didn't necessarily have a lot there. Had a little bit more with Jamal Hartwell the second. He has decided that he is going to be going for George Mason, and he's heading over to the West Coast. This is a man that is going to be going to UC Riverside, and UC Riverside getting themselves someone who not going to go out there, light the world on fire with regards to offense, only about three points per contest, but was a very good plus defender for this team, and really wound up seeing his best production during the 2019-20 season before Kim English wound up getting there. That year, nine and a half points, wound up putting up from three-point range about 32% from three-point range, shot five threes per contest overall for his career, more like a 34% three-point shooter, 79% free throw shooter, no solid defense, is a native of the state of California, UC Riverside, they are a team that they like to play very slow, very methodically, George Mason is of that mindset as well, so I do think that this is one that is going to be working out very well and a very good get for UC Riverside, a team that they don't do a ton in the transfer portal, but it feels like every time they wind up doing something, they wind up being able to hit it big, and I do think that they've been able to do so once again. Jeremiah Kendall, he this last season was playing at Prairie View A&M. He decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal with Mr. Kendall. Relatively solid year with Prairie View. Wound up starting in 10 games, 5.5 points, 4 rebounds per game. Now, he is a part of a team that they really did not shoot it well from 3-point range. And as a matter of fact, he wound up making as many 3-point shots as Greg Peterson. That said, he wound up coming on a little bit towards the back half of the season. You take a look at what he wound up doing from January 8th on. So, final 17 games of the season. Was able to end more like 5 boards, 6.5 points per contest. Was able to be a good plus defender for this team. Not a guy that was necessarily going to generate a lot of seals, but did a nice job being able to hit the glass. So, he has decided that he is going to be heading elsewhere. And you wound up seeing Matt Nunez along with Julius Dixon decide that they are going to be going down to the non-D1 level. They're going to be playing at Missouri Western. And this is very easy for a handicap. All you need to note is that Matt Nunez, who he was at East Tennessee State, wound up seeing action in seven games, wound up putting up just one point per contest. So did not wind up doing a whole heck of a lot for his team. And then Mr. Julius Dixon, who he was playing this last season over there at Morehead State. Career 3.2 points per game score are both out of the full guys that really didn't do a lot. Now you don't need to evaluate them with regards to handicap. You're able to cross them off your list of players to evaluate and move on. So nice, clean, and easy there. Talked about this one with our good friend Andy Dekoff. The fact that TJ Shannon decides that he is going from Texas Tech and Many people thought he was going to Michigan. Instead, he is going to be going to Illinois. Now, Illinois, they're losing a lot from last season, including Kofi Coburn. Andre Cabello is not going to be back with the school either. So, that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world, Trent Frazier. But for TJ Shannon, always wound up having a little bit of a difficult time early on in his career of being able to make threes and rectify that last season. Shot 38.5% from three. Big concern that you do have is that he did wind up having those back issues last season. He did wind up missing quite a few games as a result. Wasn't necessarily super efficient with the ball, but one of the best defenders of players they're able to find in really all of college basketball, in my opinion. And when it comes to what Brad Underwood is looking to do, he's always been a little bit more of a defense-oriented guy that wound up changing a little bit last season. I think that he's going to get back to those roots. TJ Shannon, very good place to be able to start there. You do wind up seeing Kyle Kardashian. He was playing at Cobb and Save this last season. He has decided that he is going to be going to St. Peter's, actually. Began his career at Bryan as well, but this last year at Cobb and Save, wanted putting up eight points per contest. Not a guy that is necessarily going to go scorch earth from three-point range. He's been a little bit up and down during the 2020-21 season. Shot 40% from three this year, 30% from three. Probably where it lies is somewhere in the middle, but... 
was able to also give the team right around three rebounds per game. Needs to do a little bit more with regards to facilitating. Only about one assist per game, but heading over to St. Peter's after he played in very much an up-tempo style at Compensate. That's going to be interesting. Now, Compensate was one of the lesser defensive teams in all of college basketball. And St. Peter's, where they really were able to shine, was on the defensive side of things. So that is going to be a big question that you do wind up having from, is he going to be able to pick up on that defense-oriented style? But no question, St. Peter's, a team that they're a little bit gutted after this offseason. They needed some pieces, and Cardacci should be able to come in and give this team some production. Isaiah Lee should be able to give some production as well. Sacramento State silently putting together a very good transfer portal season, and he winds up going over there. Was a very good on-ball defender for UC Irvine, an Irvine team that they've never been able to be a great team with the guards offense, but on defense, you know what to expect there, and he joins all these guys going to Sacramento State. Over there at UC Riverside, Colin McRae, 7'1", big man. Akul Mowane, a former top 200 recruit. Hunter Marks, a guy that stands right around 6'9", and is able to pop threes. GNI Hunt from Oregon State. Now they wind up adding Lee. Lee is someone that's able to dole out the ball, wind up having right around two assists per contest while he was at UC Irvine. Never really was much of a scorer. His best scoring season, 2020-21 season, with five points per game, but a career 37.5% three-point shooter, so a very good fit for the Sacramento State team in Sacramento State. They're certainly making some moves out here in the transfer portal, and that is another big one for them. Another big move that we wound up seeing was a pair of guys decide that they are going to be going away from Troy. That would be Effie Obadiji along with Rifan Miguel. Now, Miguel is the lesser of these two gentlemen, as you did wind up having Obadiji be the team's top scorer, being able to put up 11.5 points, 6 half rebounds per game. Not a guy that was going to stretch out the floor or anything like that, but shot 81%. At the free throw line, then you take a look at what you were able to get out of Miguel, someone who did not wind up just seeing the floor too much this season, wound up playing about nine minutes per contest, three points per game. But Troy, they certainly have taken their lumps in these recent off seasons. They've seen a lot of moving pieces, so this is going to be another one for them. David Shriver, he last season was playing at Hartford, and now he is going to be going to VCU. VCU, in my opinion, getting a relatively solid player who was able to put up. 10.5 points per contest this last season. Ed Hartford was a little bit of a part-time starter. It took him a little bit to be able to find his footing, but wound up shooting when it was all said and done right around 41% from three-par range. And you take a look at the run. They wound up going on towards the end of the season. We're going to call it February 19th on. So final eight games wound up putting up at least 14 points in all, but one of them 16.5 points per contest, five rebounds, shot 48% from three on right around in half threes per contest, six foot six combo player. Hartford, a little bit more of a slow defense-oriented team. I do think that this is going to be a very solid fit. I do think that he's going to be able to do some very good things over the there for the Rams. UNLV continues what has been a very, very active transfer portal period for them. They do wind up losing Reese Brown, and Brown, he didn't wind up contributing a whole heck of a lot for this team. Wound up seeing action in 19 games last season, wound up averaging right around a point per contest. Not a guy that was necessarily highly touted coming out of high school, so it's going to be interesting to see if he winds up going elsewhere because I believe that he is a native of the great state of New York, six foot nine. According to 247 Sports, he rated out as a guy that was outside of their like top 250, so not a guy that I expect 
to see a whole lot of burn on. But with that said, a guy that did wind up having quite a bit of burn on him, a native of lovely Las Vegas, Isaiah Cottrell. He is heading back to the great state, and he is going to be heading to UNLV, someone who last season wound up contributing right around 4.5 points per contest and really one of the best recruits that West Virginia has gotten in recent years. He is six foot ten, two hundred and forty pounds, so he's gonna be able to hold it down down low. So you wind up losing one big man that didn't see a lot of minutes and you wind up getting another now. Never really could come to the forefront for West Virginia. Wound up starting in twenty eight games, but was very sparingly used. But with that said, you now take a look at UNLV and it they are a team that they're looking to go a little bit more defense. He's going to be coming in along with Jackie Johnson the third, a double-digit scorer from Duquesne. Elijah Harkless, who wanted putting up 10 points. Very versatile player from Oklahoma. Elijah Parquet. A little bit of a mixer and shaker from Colorado. Okay, three-point shooter. And Luis Rodriguez, someone who could guard multiple positions from Ole Miss and UNLV. They've really put together a good time period here in the transfer portal. They've been able to bring in a lot of good talent. You've also got to love what is going down with some of these other programs that are bringing in talent like Iowa State. Iowa State wound up having a very good year this last season. Now they bring in Jerron Holmes. Now having to try to replace what you were able to get out of Tyrese Hunter along with Isaiah Brockington is rough. But with that said, Mr. Jerron Holmes, he wound up this last season being a put at 13.5 points, 5 rebounds, 3.5 assists. Did wind up only shooting about 27.5% from three-point range, but was a very highly touted Juco guy. Has been able to work his way up. Was a rock-solid starter, all-A-10 performer a few seasons ago. This is absolutely massive for Iowa State, a team that needed a piece out there in the backcourt. They now wind up getting it, so that is very good for them. Travante Doolittle, he was doing very little over there at Arkansas Pine Bluff in recent years. He has decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal this past year. Did want to give him the team right around three and a half points per contest from three-point range out about 32%. Wound up beginning at Itawamba of Mississippi Community College. Would be a little bit surprised if he winds up staying out there at the D1 level along with Matt McFarland. He's decided that he's transferring away from LaSalle. Six foot ten gentleman that there was a little bit of buzz around him. Wound up getting injured during the season. Was only able to put up two points, one and a half rebounds per game. So he has decided that he is going to be looking elsewhere. And Gavin Baxter, he didn't have to look far to be able to find his new home because he is staying within the state. This last season, he was playing at BYU and just someone who, unfortunately, injuries have robbed him of the last few seasons. During the 2018-19 season, wound up putting up four and a half points, three rebounds. Looked like he was really going to take the next step over these past three seasons has played a combined 17 games. When he's out there, he's been relatively okay. And there is some upside there, six foot nine. Not a guy that's going to go out there and shoot a bunch of threes, but someone that has a little bit of versatility. He's heading to Utah. If he's able to stay healthy, this is going to be a very good gift for Utah. That is the big question, though. And nobody deserves to have injuries just rip away their career. So you'll root for someone like that. And hopefully Utah is able to be the beneficiaries of it. Going to be interesting to see what winds up happening there. William Douglas, who wanted to begin his career at SMU, came over to Prairie View this last season and had himself a nice year at Prairie View. Was able to put up 10 points, 4 rebounds per game, shot right around 33.5% from 3 as a 6 of 5, a little bit of mixer and shaker. He decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. Obviously at SMU, was unable to really find a lot of playing time, was unable to get his footing, but that said, over there at a very low level at the SWAC, was able to put up some relatively solid numbers, so it's going to be very interesting to see what the market is going to be on him. It's not going to be quite as big as one for Jamarian Sharp, because Jamarian Sharp, I'm not even kidding when I say he's the biggest man to enter in the transfer portal, because he's seven foot five, and this last year at Western Kentucky, eight and a half points per game, seven and a half rebounds, and 
4.6 blocks per game, and despite his 7'5 size, when it comes to fouls on a per-possession basis, Western Kentucky was the number one team in all of college basketball. They were the most disciplined team in the country. Jamarian Sharp did a very good job down low for this team, and, and he wound up having a triple-double on blocks earlier this season against Alabama A&M. Was never necessarily truly an assertive scorer, but you can imagine that he wound up doing a lot down low. Final 13 games of the season, average five blocks per contest in that time span. Does need to work on the free throws hitting. He shot 40% at the charity stripe, but got to figure that there's going to be a lot of folks that are going to be in on him. There's going to be a lot of folks that are going to be in on Keon Brooks as well. Kentucky has been able to do a good job of being able to get players in via the transfer portal. They've lost a couple players as well. Typically, you don't see a starter from Kentucky hit the transfer portal, though. As Brooks, he started all 33 games this last season. 11 points, 4.5 rebounds per game. Did only shoot about 24% from three-point range. And if I remember correctly, he did wind up putting his name in for the NBA draft. So I do think that this is a case in which he's just keeping all options open. But if he winds up going elsewhere, look out. That could be something big. Rondell Walker, a former top 100 recruit of the class of 2020, just did not wind up doing a whole heck of a lot for Oklahoma State this last year. And for Oklahoma State, being on postseason ban, just having everything gone in general, it provided a bad year during the 2020-21 season. It was a big part of that team that made the NCAA tournament. 8 points, 1.2 steals per contest, shot 33% per three this last year. More like 5 points. Did generate 1.6 steals per game, but just could not wind up lending a lot of offense. He's going to be hitting the transfer portal, in my opinion. One of the best on-ball defenders that you're going to be able to find in the transfer portal. Obviously, the offensive game, it is a little bit of a work in progress, but it's certainly someone that I think there is going to be a little bit of a demand for. Marty Silvera, I mean, we've just seen it with so many teams that they wind up losing their coach. He winds up entering in the transfer portal, was averaging right around two points per game. These last two seasons, not necessarily a notable guy, but just a case in which it just winds up continuing where you wind up losing pieces. This one's a little bit surprising. Marvin Price, he wound up beginning his career at Ohio, and this last season he was playing over there for Western Carolina. It's not like he put up massive numbers, but 6.5 points, 2.5 rebounds, shot 38% from 3 point range as a 6'5", a little bit of a stretch player. You figured that there would be quite a few teams that might be interested in him, and he decided that he's going to be going down to the non-D1 level at West Alabama. I thought that if he would have stayed over there and East Carolina would have been able to do some relatively solid things. Instead, he's going to be seeing a lot of minutes out there at the non-D1 level. So, interesting to find that Michael Wynn, who wanted to begin his career at Wake Forest and just could never find his footing there, wound up deciding to go to Akron. And in two seasons at Akron, he wound up only averaging about 3.5 points per contest. Could never really find it there. He decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. You thought that after he wound up being a little bit of Bussaroni at Wake Forest going down to Akron, he was going to be able to put up some big numbers. He did not wind up doing so. So going to be very interesting to see where the road winds up going for him because now at two different places, at two different levels, he has not necessarily been a fit. So that's not necessarily what you want on your track record. Terry Farrar, he was playing this last season at Utah Valley. He has said that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal, someone who just really didn't see a lot of minutes whatsoever. So that is one that is not necessarily going to be of too much of an impact. Same with Dante Houston Jr. With Mr. Dante Houston, he was playing this last year at UT Rio Grande Valley and was able to do a few things for the team. Wound up putting up four and a half points per contest. Wound up starting in nine games as well. The Vaqueros were one of the worst teams in all of college basketball this last season. Two wind up shooting 33% from three as a six foot nine, little bit of a combo player, but he had to figure that. He wanted a little bit of a change of scenery. And then when it comes to the NIL 
sort of landscape, Isaiah Wong, who many people thought because he had entered into the NBA draft and was considering entering into the transfer portal if he didn't wind up getting a new NIL deal when it came to Miami, he decided that he is not going to be entering into the transfer portal. So now it's becoming news when guys don't wind up entering in as I take a look at verbal commits right now as I wind up hitting refresh. Men that are currently in the portal, that would be 1,680. Eight of them, so it certainly is becoming a bigger deal, but with Wong, he had to figure that he was a little bit not so happy about what was going on with Nigel packing money and everything like that. Sounds like things wound up getting worked out there, so that is something that is becoming a little bit more prevalent here in college basketball. What is prevalent on this podcast is a lot of transfers, so I have not been able to do any conference previews yet. I'm thinking that it's going to be another month or so before I'm able to dive into those, but right now laying the legwork for what is going to be a tremendous college basketball season because National championships, bets are won during the season. They're won right here and right now with great prep time. And if you do like portraying from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever you find your podcast Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you've got one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUNIT underscore D1. Keep in mind that the letters EM, they mean does not matter. So, as per usual, please just send those into the timeline and the other ways find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Via that five-star review. Big thanks to Andy Dekoff of Heat Check CBB for joining me in the last segment. Hopefully you guys are all doing well. I'll be coming at you guys every single day looking at the news and notes of college basketball. And once we get games again, mix and analysis on every single game, every single day. So I'll chat at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.